up to here contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like Absolutely. where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hello? Hello? I'm chewing on a kind bar right now. This is so unprofessional. Hello. Let me swallow. Mm, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, May 11th, 11th, 2019, at the one and only place you can hear this podcast live, dnrstudios.com. Leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes. <laughs> I'm still chewing. Or wherever else you listen to this podcast, email me, me at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page. Donate to my AIDS Walk page, which you can find on my website, adamsank.com slash podcast. And for God's sake, download my second and final comedy album entitled Adam Sank's Last Comedy Album. Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google, Google Play. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a fabulous guest. She is an openly lesbian comedian Ooh. who just made her debut appearance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's amazing. Can you believe it? Yeah. Her name's Jessie Salomon, or Jess Salomon, and uh, she has a really interesting story, so we'll be talking to her a little later. But first, for the second week in a row, we have co-hosting with us actor, burlesque star, and former porn star, Chris Harder in the house. Oh, you're so kind. Excuse me, I'm also swallowing something really quick. Here. What were you swallowing, Chris? Um, just breakfast. Just mm. a quick, quick breakfast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's lots of breakfast in this area. You like to you swallow? Know? I do. You know, I figure, yeah. Like, if you're there, if you're in the moment, like, you just gotta take it. God bless you. Right. I'm not a big fan of um, swallowing. No, mm. I feel like it's. I mean, come is such I mean, a like do it, in the moment. Yeah, you don't get the job thing. done, Adam. I'm very disappointed in you. Listen, okay. honey, my men are satisfied. It's in my mouth, but then I spit. Oh, really? Yeah. Just very demurely, like off to the side. No, like it's, the, it's usually more like like a little bucket. <laughs> I want to imagine you with like a little like silver kind of spittoon off have, to the side of your. I bed. have an engraved cum spittoon. <laughs> That my mother gave me for my sweet 16. Um, it was oh my the God. gift. Yes. So we are all a little bit um, confuzzled and bamboozled this morning for reasons we're not going to go into right now, except no. to tell you that we're doing this at a weird time on a weird day in the wrong order. Mm -hmm. And we're very confused. So yeah. um, if at any point we say something that confuses you today, just go with it. Deal with it, people. <laughs> We're basically all still asleep. Um, but we have a lot of things to talk about today mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of interesting stories, some of which are uh, newsworthy as of three weeks ago and some of which <laughs> are just fun things I thought would be interesting to talk about. And this first one is this. Mm -hmm. JB, you're not on Facebook anymore. 
I'm really, really? I have an account, but I don't use it. But you're on the Insta. Yes. And Chris, I you're on everything. Account. I am. At Harder Burlesque. At Harder Burlesque. Um, I'm sure you've both seen these things, and we've talked about it on the air. When someone, when a couple breaks up, uh, oh, and one or both start like trashing the other. Oh, I haven't seen that actually. No, no, I haven't seen like really the big great. trash I love fest. Those, actually, like Todrick Hall did it infamously. Oh, right, yeah, to his Todrick ex, mm-hmm. and, and you know Todrick has like a million followers, yeah. and so the ex was like bullied, threatened, cyber stalked, doxed. I mean, it was horrible. And I read him for that, and then Bob the Drag Queen read me for reading him. Huh. Well, what is doxed, by the way? Can you? I am not always up to date so that's on when the millennial. Someone, someone's home address, phone number. Oh, that's um, Any personal information about them is revealed in an attempt to get them right. hurt. Uh-huh. I mean, it's really, it's terrible. Yeah, I remember that Todrick Hall post, and I guess I mean, who knows, like what the relationship circumstances were, but. You would think, I mean, just because, you know, people are insane on social media. And not even the people who have the accounts, but the people who follow the followers. accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I guess, you know, if you have that kind of height, that level of visibility, you know, you got to monitor. It's like you're using your powers for bat, for evil instead of for good. You know, like, yeah. if you want to, if you want to, if you're a famous person and you want to be like, buy Adam Sank's comedy album, it's hilarious. Which, by the way every famous person should do oh yeah then that's great but if you're like adam sank's a fucking asshole and here's why like mm. that, you're really there's a power differential there and uh, and even when someone's not famous let's say it's just like some random right. shithead and i'm scrolling through facebook and it's like i can't believe it i've never felt so violated he lied to me he took everything he blah 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 and like we all know who he's talking about because mm-hmm. like up until that moment, there were a thousand pictures of them smiling. Right. It just seems like I feel violated reading this. Like, I don't, this is not my business, and I don't need to know this. I feel like if you're Todrick Call, you could do, like, an amazing modern performance art piece about the breakup. And, exactly. And kind of, like, champion yourself through it. and um, Turn it know, into art. Yeah. Or, you know, turn into a viral Instagram post. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about the average Joes out there, like, kind of like myself, who's been in this situation where they're, like, I remember we had a public, I had a public breakup on Facebook when Facebook was just beginning. And I was attacked by other people, by my ex's people. It was just like, what's the point of doing, of putting your business out there on social media in general? Yeah. Especially yeah. private business. Like, Childish. Put your art, put your art out there. Put your thoughts, but don't don't put your personal business. It's ugly. It's childish. And yeah. also, if I see that, if I see like some guy posting shit about his ex, I don't ever want to date that guy. Yeah. Well, in general, I feel like I mean it's such a th- fine line, right? Because because I think we respond to vulnerability, like in in celebrities or in people on social media. But if you go too far you know, into that, like, really gut-wrenching emotional direction. It's kind of, it is a turnoff. Like, I always think, oh. It's oversharing. A little crazy. Someone who doesn't have good boundaries. And, like, if you you need help, reach out to the people around you. Yeah. Don't, like, reach out to strangers on social media. Right, like your followers. I don't know. Yeah, don't be gross. To me, it's gross. Well, in this vein, QueerTea.com came up with uh, 10 tips for a healthy breakup in Mm -hmm. the social media age. And I thought this would be instructive. Uh, Number one, Erase your ex from social media if you must, but don't lose the photos. Oh, really? Why did they say 
hang on to the photos. Yeah, they're saying that, you know, someday you might want to look back Mm -hmm. and remember these things. And this happened to you. This is part of your story. Right. And you're not going to be able to erase it in your mind. So Mm -hmm. there's no point in destroying digital photos. They said better to save it on a pin drive. Just keep it out of sight. And then Mm -hmm. someday you can always go back. I, I hate destroying pictures of any kind. Even, you know, back in the day we all had printed paper pictures and i will sometimes go through my old albums and i'm like do i really need a picture of this shithead whose name i can't even remember (laughs) but then i feel you just have like like (laughs) encyclopedia one encyclopedia two yeah i mean not necessarily people i dated but just like i had a party at my house like this happened on facebook the other day i posted this picture of these four men in my apartment and it's definitely my apartment and i was like does anyone know who any of these people are just because I was genuinely curious. Like, why had I taken a picture of four people who 10 years later, I can't remember any of them. They don't look vaguely familiar. But anyway, this says don't uh, delete the pictures. Um, Before you delete all of your email and text history with the person, step away from your computer, tablet, or phone. Take a deep breath and archive them instead. They will come in handy one day when it's time to write the story of your life. Uh, number three, unfriend and unfollow, but don't block. Yeah, I would agree with that. I agree. It's best, especially to heal, right? Like you, you know, when you, when you break up with someone and you constantly see their photos, you know, because like we can, we can separate physical space, but it's, it's harder and harder to separate the web space, you know? And so just when you think you're getting over it, there's like. You know, their fucking hump day photo right in your goddamn face. <laughs> Not that I'm speaking from experience or anything. Yes. Something it's hard. Yes, Chris? what's going on with you? <laughs> <laughs> anything happening in, in Harder World? In Harder World, no. I'm a, well, I, I, am, I am single in Harder World again, um, uh, which is, you know, it's for the best. But uh, yeah. It's one of those. All of our listeners just started masturbating. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, because before before the fact that I was in a relationship shot. kept them from... <laughs> this is them listening to Chris talking about being single. Oh, right. um, was, it an, was it a healthy breakup? Or did you guys follow these rules? I mean, I, I think so. Well, yes. Yes, I think for the most part it was it was healthy. You know, it's, it's never easy. I feel like everyone always says there's never a great time to break up with someone or a great right. way to do it, but... Uh, but that still doesn't escape it feeling like shit, you know? It hurts. Yeah. And I get does. when people have a meltdown on social media, but I just think it's better if you have this, the meltdown offline. Oh, yeah, privately. And a then, private meltdown. Yeah. And the truth is, I'm still on really good terms with most of my exes, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that I am because I have a shared history with them. And, like, I have this ex who lives out in L.A. with his boyfriend who's, like, they're, like, the perfect couple. <laughs> um, my ex and I were together for four years but a long time ago, like 15 sure. years ago. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, he looks great and he's got this hot boyfriend and they have the perfect life <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also genuinely happy for him. And the other day, something funny happened that only he would appreciate. And I texted him mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this just happened. And he texted back. And it was it's nice to still have those connections yeah. without pining for him, without wanting to get I mean, we're never going to get back together, but it's mm-hmm. just like, we shared something mm-hmm. and that something doesn't have to disappear forever just because we didn't work out as a couple. Yeah. I always think it's a red flag when you meet people again. I mean, there are of course, like there's an exception to every rule. You know, if you have an abusive ex, then I absolutely understand yes. you wanting to be someone you know, only toxic on good terms. Yeah, exactly. But I always find it interesting when people say like, Oh, I never talked to my exes anymore. Or, you know, it's, I think, you know, it's the adult thing to try and eventually 
make good on things. It feels good. Yeah. I don't like having any closed chapters of my life. I like to think of my life as like this an fluid, like my ass, <laughs> my life is an open book. <laughs> um, do not online stalk. You don't need to see how happy he is without you uh, or if he's living in a state of torment. He'll probably look better than he actually does. And uh, and if the urge to spy on him is too strong, just deactivate your yeah. social media for as long as it takes. This is a big one. A lot of people, I think, torture themselves mm-hmm. by um, stalking people, cyber stalking people that they, you know, because they're just like, what is he doing? Is he happy? Is he this? Is he that? And ultimately, if your relationship's over, it doesn't matter what he's yeah. doing. Um, forget his number, but don't lose it. In other words, uh, you can write it down somewhere like on paper and stash it in the closet, but then and then delete it from your phone. I but you like, may want to reach out someday. Right. There's people that just have like like a whole safe full of like pen drives and like photos and like for each ex, you know? I have it's a like storage a special, locker. I was gonna say it's a special like yeah. Safeway storage. I have an entire like... Manhattan mini storage room based on ex memorabilia. Um resist the urge to send a dear John letter, uh, this is why I dumped you letter, or a why did you dump me letter oh. or email or text. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I agree with don't send them, but you should write one and express your feelings. Sure. Even if you don't send it. Yeah. I think that's it, very helpful. Are, yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like that because you, if you write it down, express your emotions, and then read it back, you'll understand why you feel this way. This has been Radiotherapy. I mean, right. it helped me. With Dr. My... Silky Nutmeg Ganache. I love that name, Dr. Silky <laughs> Nutmeg. I'm keeping that. It's my new social media. Dr. <laughs> Silky Nutmeg. No, JB, I agree with you. I think those are healthy f- with any toxic relationship. If you have a, a really bad relationship with a parent who you no longer yeah. speak to. Oh, sure. oh, my God. You know, I, I wrote like six dear job letters to my mother. I didn't send any of them. Nope. But if it felt good, now me and my mom have a relationship. Mrs. JB, if you're listening, call in and JB will read you the letters. <laughs> she, doesn't know, she has no idea why I do. Okay, so. <laughs> Probably for the best. Um Stop yourself from bad mouthing him to anyone who knows and likes him. That's yeah, a absolutely. big one. Yeah. You know, we don't. You don't have to trash your ex to people that you know are his friends, which yeah. is hard for me. Really, I, I, I don't do this with boyfriends, but I do this with people that I used to be friends with and I'm not anymore. Once they've really shown me what a nasty, toxic person they are, it's hard for me to not bring them up when I see sure. their friends because I want to know, like, have you figured it out yet? Right. Well, I feel like yeah, it's um. Again, just like with the time to call thing, you know, when, again, it's a red flag if someone is, I feel like, trash talking. It is. Whether, you know, honestly, whether they were wronged, whether they were in the wrong or the wrongers or whatever, it's it's kind of, um, I don't know, it's just, I feel like it's like the unspoken code of just being a fucking adult. You it know? is. No, it's the mature thing to do is just move on and smile and let, if someone's really ba- a bad guy, People will figure it out sooner yeah. or later. That's my thing. Yeah, I think so too. The hardest thing for me has been this ex-friend of mine who's an, another gay comedian oh. who used to be like my best friend in comedy. I've mentioned him obliquely on the air before. I was say, like I've heard you talk about Yeah, I've never person. said his name on the air. <laughs> Is this Zach Zimmerman? No, no, I love Zach. Zach and I, uh, I saw Zach last night. Um, and I just met Zach like in the past year. No, but that that's a hard one for me because I know that any opportunity he has he will badmouth me and oh, yeah. lie about me sure so part of me wants to preemptively be like if you ever talk to so-and-so don't believe a fucking word he says but on the other hand i'm like they have to figure that out for themselves sooner yeah. or later they will I, that's very hard for me too it's it's hard when you have dated someone in your industry or in your realm or in your circle of friends. we're just friends you yeah. know 
Yeah. Um, okay, don't throw it all away. The urge to part with gifts and other assorted mementos will be strong. Feel free to toss most of it, but hang on to at least one item. I've um, actually, okay, I've kept from my ex who just left me. I have socks. I've lost his sweater. Oh. And I still have the beer he gave me, which I'm thinking of throwing out. The what? So, the, the beer? No, a beer he gave me. Like, oh. oh, a bear. I also heard beer. Oh, you have yeah. a teddy bear? A cute little teddy bear. Yes, I do. You know what? If the bear makes you smile, don't throw it out. If it makes you sad, throw it out. Yeah, stick a needle in it first and then throw it out. <laughs> I'm a very conflicted person because it makes me feel both. Mm, yeah, well, that, mm. that makes sense. Use it as a cum bear. <laughs> yeah. A cum rag. Like a bear that gives you the satisfaction you deserve. Can you imagine a stuffed animal that's just covered in cum? That's like I, mean, I can, but it's really kind of disturbing. <laughs> just like sits there in your living room for everyone to see. Um, number nine says, those rose-colored glasses you've tempted to put on, may, you're tempted to put on, may flatter the ex, but they're not a good look for you. Basically, don't dwell on like everything that was so perfect sure. about him. Remember the bad qualities. Remember why it didn't work out. Right. Um, because otherwise, it's like maybe I was wrong, and I want him back now. Right. And finally, number ten, grinder is no place for the brokenhearted. But it totally is. <laughs> I mean, is that how you're dealing with your I breakup, love, Chris Harder? I love we both made eye contact there. I mean, look, some people exercise, some people, you know, join a fucking yoga class. Sometimes it's great to just fuck. You're saying the best way to get over a man is to get under one, <laughs> or on top, or. On the side, or mm, yeah. you know, well, I think these are good um, tips, and I think, frankly, we all need these in the age of social media. You know, this kind of happened and blew up, and no one really taught any any of us how to use it responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because again, I mean, people use social media so much as as like their personal journal, and on top of that, so many people that follows those, those people feed off of it. You know, so mm -hmm. we have this culture of. Of kind of emotional vomit constantly, and it's um, it's really emotional vomit. You know, yeah, it's that's like the name of my memoir. Emotional vomit <laughs> coming soon from. Can Parker I write Collins. the forward? Yes, forward by Chris Harder. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it all comes down to what I always say, which is just don't be an asshole. Yeah, Ugh. online or in life, right? Well, we're now going to do some news stories that are so old. <laughs> That they don't even qualify as news. They're basically olds. But they were things I wanted to do for the last two weeks and didn't have a chance to. And so this is the first one, and I want to get your opinion, both of you. Mm -hmm. Whitney Houston's ex-girlfriend or ex-friend, depending on what you believe, Robin Crawford, is going to release a tell-all book. Mm. It's called A Song for You, and it will feature the reclusive Crawford's account of her longtime friendship with Houston, which began when the pair met at a New Jersey high school. Random House bills the memoir as, quote, finally, the person who knows her best oh, sets the record straight. Ugh. See what they did there? Talk about emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. Uh, two recent documentaries, one was called Whitney, the other was called Whitney, Can I Be Me, have both attested to the Crawford-Houston relationship. Uh, Robin Crawford declined to participate in either film, she lives in New Jersey with her wife and their children. As always, there's backlash and people are angry that we're spilling the secrets of a dead woman who's not here to answer mm -hmm. whether or not they're true. But my feeling has always been, first of all, being gay is not shameful. Right. It shouldn't be a secret. 
if Whitney was bisexual, which I imagine she was, because I think she really had a real relationship with Bobby Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she may not have wanted to talk about it, but we can talk about it. Yeah. What's well, the problem? I mean, that woman can talk about it, certainly. I always think, though, especially in these tell-alls, you know, like, fine if you want to share your story, but why don't we just really get to it? Like, you want to make some cash. It's a money grab. You know. Um, So. But also, I think if the two of them genuinely had, like, a Mm 30-year intense romantic and sexual relationship, you kind of want that relationship to be honored. You don't want it to be shoved in the closet. Yeah. And when I read the obituary of someone I know, I know was gay or Mm -hmm. bi and it's just omitted that it's just completely omitted Mm -hmm. from their life to me as a gay person that is you're omitting me from history yeah well absolutely i can see that it's you know i guess it's hard just because they um those people die not not ever really getting to tell why they why they felt closeted or why they felt the need to it's um you know that's free country, right? I'm just running out of patience with cl- with closeted people. I th- yeah. Once upon a time, you had to. I get mm. it. It was your life. It was your livelihood. It was, right. uh, you know, you could lose everything. We are at a point now where particularly if you are a wealthy and powerful person, mm-hmm. not only can you come out without, you know, suffering repercussions, but you actually should come out. Yeah. Yeah. And Random House will write your memoir. And so. let Random House write your memoir. Like, what? What the fuck is Jodie Foster up to? Like, why can't Jodie Foster just be like, Didn't yes, she come I, out? Like, in the most... Uh, in this way where she wasn't really saying anything. Right. She basically gave this speech where she was like, guess what? I'm not going to talk about my private life. I'm not Honey Boo Boo. And I, I remember... Did she say that? I'm yes. not Honey Boo Boo? And I remember feeling wow. like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Like, again, we're not asking for the personal, intimate details of your of your sex life we just want to know do you do you love men or women like that's basic that's like saying are you married are you single do uh-huh. you do you live in new york or do you live in la like why why are we treating this still like it's some dirty thing right yeah absolutely mm. well in a similar vein wendy williams has been having a rough time oh she is such a train wreck, She's a train wreck right so First, it was revealed. I mean, there's been a million stories about her this month. She Uh came back to her talk show after a long absence. Then she left again. She's living in a sober house. She's on the wagon. She's off the wagon. Mm. She's got a wedding ring on. She has a wedding ring off. Um, First, the big story was that her husband, uh, Kevin Hunter, had fathered a child with a mistress. Mm. Well, more recently, it came out that uh, he also allegedly had a sexual affair with a man. Whoa. An R&B singer named... Oh, this is, oh, is, this, this this is, is audio of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. An R&B singer named Avion Fallstar, or Feistar. Is that an L? I'm so tired. Clearly, Fallstar. he's really climbing the charts. <laughs> yes. He, who's also now married to a woman, interestingly enough. He claims um, it started out, this is a quote, it wasn't a sexual relationship, it was more of an abusement relationship. Hmm. You know, I haven't been to an abusement park in so long. <laughs> I have not either. I mean, what, what, He's, would that be like where there's just like a roller coaster? Uh, what? What is an abusive relationship? I don't understand. Abusement. So you're not, so you're not getting sex? Are you not getting I, He dick? said it was much more of a put me down and keep me as your boy oh. toy relationship. We did have sex. He came over and practically raped me at oh. three o'clock in the morning. 
Fallstar, who is now married to a woman, also talked about the time he and Hunter allegedly performed oral sex on each other in a sauna before, quote, we did each other in the butt. Wow. Hunter's lawyers quickly rushed out a statement calling the claims baseless and completely false, but that hasn't stopped folks on Twitter from expressing their glee over the matter. You know, my first thought was like, Wendy Williams doesn't deserve this. Like, she shouldn't have to answer for what her husband did no, with these other people. Not, yeah. But then all these people on Twitter pointed out her whole career has been about spilling Oh, yeah, exploiting dirt, other people's... gossip, rumors, a yeah. lot of which are not true even, about other celebrities. So the schadenfreude ride is well, here I just saw, at the amusement park. Right? at the Which I just picture like a roller coaster where dicks just hit you in the face <laughs> as you go down the hill. There's like a paddle. Right? I just saw, I don't I can't think, I think it was at the gym and she was on and um, she was talking about Britney Spears and how Britney Spears needs help and clearly is losing her mental capacity. Yeah. And I was just like, Wendy Williams, right. you of all people. Britney Spears is like a paradigm of mental health compared to Wendy. Right? Well, I hope Wendy gets the hope that she needs. I've always kind of liked her, even though she is a nutcase. Isn't she kind of homophobic, though? No, she's not homophobic so much as she's one of these women, like, if you're on the down low, uh -huh. she has no time for that, which oh. is another great irony of the fact that here her husband may have been Oof. fucking guys. Wow. And also, it is interesting that he was, like, both fathering babies with, with a female mistress and also... Doing someone in the butt. Doing it in, in the, the butt. Sauna. Allegedly, allegedly. Okay, the abusement so here's part. my question. <laughs> I know, like, if they get splitting up and he wants money. Like, now that now that there's evidence of him cheating, isn't that null and void? What, the divorce? Yeah, like, he like he doesn't get anything now. Now there's evidence of cheating. Like, isn't that, like, somewhere in the marriage clause? If they know. have, if they divorce, I don't, I don't even know that they've started divorce proceedings. But if they do, yeah, I would think that that would help her. Yeah. But who knows? If, the, if there's no prenup... Right. He, she might just have to give him many millions of dollars to make him walk away. Does Wendy Williams have many millions of dollars? I think she does. Once you, have do, a, yeah. once you have a successful daytime talk show for a few years, uh -huh. you start to get syndication money. I don't uh -huh. think she's got like Ellen or Oprah money, but I right. think she's got several million. When are we going to get Wendy Williams money? Thank Adam? you. Uh, I mean, when? that's a great question. I would like to know too. I've had it. I'm How sick of being poor. Uh, oh, I thought you said you've had it. and then you. I've had a million dollars. Never. <laughs> no. In the memoir. <laughs> I do think that I should have a daytime talk show, though. Yeah. I think I'm better at it than a lot of people. <laughs> I think. Call in if you agree. Live your dream. Uh, thank you. Um, okay, so... Moving on, another old as fuck story. <laughs> this, this one, is, here's how old this one is. It's from April 16th, so now we're going back a month. But um, I wanted to mention this because we've talked about it on the air. Dame Edna, mm -hmm. uh, who's gotten into hot water over repeated transphobic comments. Oh, I don't know if you've been following no, this. No, I haven't. Uh, she's been saying a lot of shit. She called trans women, quote, mutilated men. Oh, my God. Um, she calls trans being transgender a fashion. What? Anyway, the Melbourne Comedy Festival is not having it. No. They traditionally have handed out an award to up-and-coming comics called the Barry Award, named for Barry Humphreys, because mm -hmm. he's like a, you know, a national treasure in Australia. Yeah. And um, they have now said that they are going to change the name. Well, yeah, that's shitty. He helped found the Melbourne Comedy Festival in 1987, and the award was named in his honor in 2000. Um, fellow Australian comedian Hannah Gadsby 
who had a breakout success with her Netflix special, Nanette, oh, yeah. received the Barry Award in 2017. Well, but she's got some thoughts on that. She said, uh, I don't agree with a lot of the things Barry Humphreys has said recently. It is not something I will walk past. With full respect, I would like to accept this award just for me. Hmm. And I say, good for them. And I don't care that he's 81. Like, fuck you. You right? know what? You don't have to <clears throat> say everything you feel. Well, and you know, I, I think it's interesting because... I do get that there is understandably intergenerational conflict between LGBTQ peoples, right? Like mm -hmm. people from different decades have different experiences, but yeah, it doesn't entitle someone to totally negate an entire people's existence. It's, I mean, it's just so crazy. Like, ugly and unnecessary. Yeah. And, you know, if she wants to, in her own home, be like, oh, it's mutilated man, it's a fact. Like, that's fine, but we don't have to hear your hateful opinions. You know you're hurting people well, and when also, you say that shit. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but Barry Humphreys is heterosexual, right? Yes. Which, again, is even more just enraging that someone who's literally like a guest at the table, you know, takes it upon themselves to, to speak out against the very people who have helped make their career possible. I feel like this happens, though, to a lot of, like, older celebrities, is that mm -hmm. they when they reach a certain age, they start to say crazy shit and no one can stop them. And they right. feel like, I'm old enough now, like Roseanne. Oh. You know, it's like... But she's a, not old enough. That's the thing. Well, like... She's something's going on with her. Right. But, you know, it's like they reach a point where they're like, I don't give a fuck. You know, when your grandmother says like racist things, it's it's that thing of like, I'm not going to change my views. I'm 87 years old. And you're right. like, "Ugh." I know. Well, uh, in a totally unrelated story, um, actually, this story was sent to me by my friend Walt Nichols in Little Rock, Arkansas. My oh. dear friend Walt. I hope he's listening. Um, and, the, and the headline is, was one of George Washington's generals intersex? Hmm. Do you know what intersex means, Chris? Well, I believe, and I, I might butcher here, but intersex is is having characteristics of both, you know, male and female sex organs. Is that Correct. Right? That's yeah. exactly right. Um, people used to refer to them as her hermaphrodites. Right. That is now uh, out of date and offensive. Um, and you know, intersex people uh, sometimes they choose to live as one gender or the other. Sometimes they just stay mm -hmm. intersex and non-binary. Um, but in an upcoming episode of the Smithsonian Channel's America's Hidden Stories, historians and scientists work to determine if Kashmir Pulaski, a general who saved George Washington's life in battle, was intersex. Now, those of us who live in the New York area are very familiar with Pulaski because of the Pulaski Skyway, oh, right, yeah. which connects uh, Newark to Jersey City. It is the longest continuous land bridge in the world. I don't know if you know that. Chris. How did it get named for him? Uh, he was a, he was huge, and all, all those battles, they happened right around here. Oh, wow. New York, New Jersey, Boston. Boston. Um, anyway, he was hugely important. He was a Polish native. Um, he came to North America at the suggestion of Ben Franklin to aid in the war here after, serving, after fighting the Russians in Poland. Um, he saved Washington's life through precise battle tactics. Anyway... Uh, as when his monument was undergoing repairs in 1996, um, they found uh, remains buried inside, and all of the records pointed to this box of bones as belonging to Pulaski, except the hip bones were female hip bones, hmm. and there was no question about it. And they couldn't figure out why would these female hip bones be in here with these other bones that are definitely male and definitely uh, belonging to Pulaski. 
new technology and a team of fresh eyes has solved the mystery. Um, they say that um, comparing mitochondrial DNA of the remains to DNA samples of his great niece came back a 99% match. Um, so they know it definitely was him. Um, Pulaski, like many Americans, dreamed about serving in the military. Um, under the current ban against trans people, his XX chromosomes would deem him as female, and today he would only be allowed to serve if he were living as a legal female. Hmm. I think that's fascinating. I'm going to watch this. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, one of the things about gay people, trans people, intersex people, is that we all think of it as like, they've on, we've only been around for the last 50 years right, or whatever. Yeah. But the fact is, we were always here, mm -hmm. always. And it was just a, a, even more of a struggle and a challenge to live and figure out like, like if you're an intersex guy and you have to figure out how am I gonna be a general and fight in the mm -hmm. Revolutionary War without anyone knowing. Right. It's kind of amazing. Yeah, it is. People also think George Washington was gay, but that's a whole nother story. What time is it now? Okay. All right. So we're gonna. None, none of the stories are related today, by the way. This is just. We're <laughs> do just, you do you know of any other famous gay presidents? Abraham Lincoln. Oh right. A, yeah. And then. Um, Chopping down that cherry tree. It's either Buchanan. Abraham Twinkin. There you go, JB. Abraham Twinkin. And then it's. The I believe Martin Van Buren was the bachelor president, uh, who oh, people okay. say was in love with his vice. I think I have that right. Oh wow. But definitely Lincoln. I mean, like Lincoln's, so Lincoln head. wrote love letters to right. his, like, longtime companion. Oh, it's so, like, Walt, Walt Whitman-ish. Mm -hmm. Leaves of grass and... And Lincoln know. had the long beard. I mean, he right. would have been very comfortable with a, the eagle. He was a daddy before daddies, you know, Thank were, like, you. trending. Exactly. He took out that Lincoln log. Oh, God, Lincoln and his Lincoln log. And people enjoyed it. All right, so now we're going to move on to another queer tea story from 10 years ago. <laughs> called, no, it's from about a month and a half ago. Called Gay Guys Share Their Grinder Horror Stories. Oh. But before I read these, I thought I would ask both of you, if uh, what, what's your most memorable grinder horror story? Okay. Do you want to go first, JB? No, go ahead. You got the I'm, trying, I'm trying to search the Rolodex here. Like define worse. Where are we categorizing the worst? Like disgusting people or rude people? Because I have well binders. First. <laughs> I so. will. I will give you a quick example. My friend Walt, the same one from Little Rock, once had a guy plan to meet him, and the day they were supposed to meet, he got a phone. He, he had traded. They had traded numbers. He got a phone call from someone claiming to be that guy's brother, saying he's been in a horrible car accident and he's dead. Wow. And Walt was able to determine through a lot of very careful investigation that, in fact, he was not dead. There had been no car accident and that the guy just faked his own death in order to <laughs> so get out of the date. meet up. Yeah. Oh, my wow. God. It's a crazy fucking story. That is. Well, it's just it's like the lengths people go to. to well, why, not, not, why not just not make the date? Or just cancel. Or just cancel. Say, Sorry, right. change of heart. Oh, okay. Boom, I got it. So there's this guy, Flakes. Love Flakes. So, guy, chat me up. Oh, you're pretty and all that. I was like, okay, I'm, I know I'm pretty. So, you want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Come over. Nothing. Nothing. Just nothing. That's just, what, what, what happened? Oh, I'm at work. But you're literally five minutes away from me. How, how are you at work? I just couldn't do it. I was like, you know what? Wait, I don't understand. He he didn't show up? He did not show up while living 
right next to me. Oh, so you could see like on the on the, on the GPS thing yep. that he was near you, but he was like, "Oh, sorry, I'm at work in yep. another borough." Yes. Okay. Gave me the full runaround. I'm at work in the city. That's I'm, such I, bullshit. I see you right here, chatting with other hoes. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> don't don't start my engines and not and not drive my car. Yeah, that happened to me like a million times. Fucking yeah. can't do it. I would say I don't have any real horror stories. Actually, I do just have kind of the the usual complaints of. You know what I hate? I hate when I go on Grinder and I see people who are like, read profile first. And it's like all caps and exclamation points. And I just think like. And then the, and then there's like five paragraphs that we have to. Right. I know. And I'm just like, profile already, I'm like, this nothing. is just like a, it's like the Todd Call breakup post. It and like, is. I've, I've already lost interest. And it's like, here's everything I want. Right. Like it's not about like what you might want or what right. we might experience together. It's like, I don't like this. I do like this. And it, you're uh, like, what an asshole. They already seem like such a fucking pain in the ass. Well, I've talked about this. My worst was uh, out of the blue. This guy messaged me and said, what are you talking about? Ooh. It was the first message. And I, I was like, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about anything. So I wrote, I sent back like a question mark. And he goes, in your profile, you describe yourself as hot. What are you talking about? Oh. I was like, wow. Like, you just went out of your way right. to send a really nasty message to a stranger. Like, what, what's going on with you, dude? I was fascinated by it. Uh-huh. And, and then I looked at his profile picture, and he was like an actual troll. And I was like, do you think that you're hot? He's like, LOL, no, but I also don't describe myself that way. And I was like, okay, well, it was great talking to you. Right. I mean, he must just sit there looking for profiles to troll. Yeah, it's got to be a sign of mental illness. It's just right? such sickness. Well, here's, uh, here's some of the things that have happened to people, according to Queer T. Quote, one guy gave me the address of another gay dude who wasn't expecting anyone. Two, uh, I was talking with a torso for a couple days. A torso. <laughs> only to realize it was a good friend of mine with no chemistry. Super awkward for a while, but now we laugh about it. Um, wait, wait, was he also a torso, though? Because I guess they were both the, torsos. Just two torsos be like, stop, hey, Headless. how are you? Good. <laughs> um, this one's called Catfish Car Ride. Ah. Got into the car of a 53-year-old who just didn't look like what I was expecting when I was 16. Oy vey. He was scary and his photo was deceptive. Convinced him to pull over somewhere. I ran home in the rain. I'm 19 now and it feels like a while ago. So I might have been younger, but I'm pretty sure I was 16. You know what? If anyone out there is under 18, don't be chatting with anyone. Don't be on Grinder. A. Certainly don't be talking to any adults. And don't get into a car with anyone that you don't know. Yeah. Period. Um, Should be playing video games. And throwing your phones at people, not being on Grinder. You should be reading intergenerational stories about LGBTQ history. You should be reading about General Pulaski and his womanly hips. <laughs> you should be ordering Adam Saint's last. You should comedy be applying album. to Thank college. Thank you, JB. Wait, say that again, JB. You should be ordering Adam Saint's last comedy album. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so regal. Thank you. And this last queerty story is called. Klingon, <laughs> and it's not what you think. It's not a, it's not a dingleberry. Um, I was talking to a guy on Grinder, and pretty quickly switched over to text. After talking for only two days, he became clingy, and I got such a bad vibe from it. I made up a dumb reason that it wouldn't work out. He was devastated. 
tried calling my phone over and over, sent me voice memos of him crying, had two of his friends text me from their phones, and posted an Instagram story, which I only saw because one of his friends sent it to me, about how much he hated some shallow gaze along with screenshots of our conversation. Wow. It was literally a night from hell. Here's my question, though. What's up with this, like, talking for days? Like, are you going to fuck or are you not going to fuck? Thank you. I don't go on Grindr to have, right. like, this week-long text romance. I don't understand people who's like, oh, fire my interest. No, I just right. want to suck your dick or yes. not. Like, what, what? what's good? And the networking thing, I'm just like, girl, if you want to network, get on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know? get on Facebook. Get exactly. On How about, like, I'm just here to make friends. Like, I have a husband and we're monogamous. I'm just here to make friends. It's like, well, guess what? This isn't for friends. Right. And also, I don't believe you. Like, clearly. No one believes you. You're no obviously one. cheating on your boyfriend or you want to. Right. And you're hoping that if he sees this, he'll be like, oh, he's just making friends. Like, if I want to make a friend, I'll, like, go to a party. Right. And, I'll know, engage in the city of New York in all of its complexities, not get I'll on walk a down fucking the app at 2 a.m. Exactly. By the way, not our guest is uh, late, and oh. that is shocking behavior from a lesbian. Um, she did text her apologies, <laughs> but we should have started that interview uh, five minutes ago. Oh, so this I was may be a very, yeah. very short interview. Oh, okay. Fortunately, I have many more stories to talk about, Chris. <laughs> Great. From, <laughs> this one's from 2013. <laughs> this is actually from March of 2019. <laughs> But, um, you know, I love animal stories, and I especially love when they involve homosexuality. And it turns out that giraffes are fucking gay. This is actual audio of some giraffes at the zoo. From the Sahara. Yes, from the Turtleback Zoo in New Jersey. Um, So apparently giraffes use their necks in sexual behavior, as you might expect. Um, this has been observed ever since 1958. Wait, how does one use their neck in sexual behavior? I know you deep throat with your neck. But <laughs> like, well, you they basically, they kind of wrap their necks around each other. And, you know, the way that um, teenagers engage in necking, they do that too. But, they're, it's a, you know, their necks are way more wow. extensive. They curl their necks around each other and rut. It's incredible wow. to watch. The necks twisting and bending at almost right angles. Um, but... Uh, with giraffes, it and, and it's usually male giraffes that engage in this behavior, it often leads to anal penetrative sex. No. Giraffes really? fuck each other up the ass. Wow. It, it appears that the majority of sexual encounters in giraffes involves two males necking followed by anal sex. Not all necking encounters end in anal sex, just like with us. Right. But in many cases, they spar with their erect, unsheathed penises. They have like a dick fight. So they sword fight. They sword fight. Like like they get up on their hind legs and just kind of like swing their necks and their dicks Chris, around. At Chris each other. is now imitating what that would look like. He's got his arms up in the air. I don't know. I don't know that giraffes can they go up on their hind legs? I, Are they like I mean, dogs? I s- clearly know so little about giraffes. To, Play I mean, the giraffe. They have to get on their hind legs to to be inside. They to fuck. I, well, I think it's more like a mounting thing. Yeah, like like horses, a horse does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it, it's more like horses than like dogs. Like horses with really long necks. And dicks. And, oof. Anyway, this article says it's safe to say that most giraffe sexual encounters are male homosexual. Um, logic dictates that if a species is exclusively homosexual, it will not survive for very long. However, even if it's one in ten giraffes that wants pussy, that's enough for the species to continue. Uh, Twenty-two calves are usually born... Uh, at a time, 
Female giraffes appear to be fertile and receptive for only a couple of days a year. Wow. And they have a gestation period for up to one and a quarter years. So they're just not into it. They're yeah. just like, go fuck each other. I'm not into it. Yeah. It's not my time. I'm not ready for this yet. Goodbye. Many other animals engage in homosexual sex, including rats, elephants, lions, macaques. What's a macaque? It? I think it's kind of monkey. And at least 20 species of bat. Wow. There are fewer documented examples of female homosexuality, but there's also much less data on female sexuality in general in mm -hmm. both humans and animals because we live in a sexist world. We do. Um, of the sapphic relations we do know about, you know that word sapphic? I do know sapphic. Uh, we have a better understanding of biological principles than might be at work. Um, farmers are entirely untroubled by homosexual activity in goats, sheep, chickens, and even they even use cows as mounting each other as a good sign that they're fertile. Oh, wait, it's like female cows <clears throat> mounting each other? Females, males, there's all kinds of mounting going on. They're just like, oh, they're healthy, you know? They're really... Yeah, they're up for it. Feeling they're up for oats. a good time. Wow. And in a related story, this is something that we missed, and we absolutely must report on it because this was the first story we ever did on the ass. Oh, wow. Back in April 2017, we did a story about April the giraffe giving birth. JB, you've heard this clip, right? Yes, I have. I've cut, I, I cut it. <laughs> yes. There, there was a, the giraffe had been pregnant for a long time, and there was a live stream so people could watch when the birth happened. And, uh, and then one day, a hoof popped out of her vagina. Oh. God. <laughs> Just one hoof. Well, now it's uh, two years later, and April has given birth again to a baby boy giraffe who will probably be gay. Right. As they do. This is up in Harpersville, New York, and at, a, at an animal sanctuary. And once again, people were there was great um, anticipation. There was a live cam on April twenty four seven. The calf was born on Saturday, March sixteenth, and fans around the world were encouraged to uh, help name the giraffe. And the name they have come up with is Chris Harder. No, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> finally, leaving my mark. They had 20 names to choose from, and they selected Azizi. Azizi. Azizi, A-Z-I-Z-I, -I, according to the Animal Adventure Park's Facebook pay, uh, pay, page, has meanings that identify with the personality of a young male giraffe. Um, precious, powerful, beloved, and the mighty one are descriptive of the calf. Other top contenders were Finnegan, Finnegan Apollo, and Zumi. Azizi is expected to grow to a possible 18 feet tall and weigh more than 2,000 pounds. Oof. Currently, he's just 170 pounds, which is the same as me. Oh, wow. I'm actually 180, if I'm being honest, oh, but really? I should be 170. And six feet tall. This giraffe is exactly my proportions right now. You're like a very now. healthy baby giraffe. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm actually 10 pounds fatter than a baby giraffe. <laughs> and he's an inch taller, and he probably has a bigger unsh unsheathed <laughs> penis. You just can't win everyone. And Adam. certainly a longer neck. Uh, wow. We're really going to be fucked for this guest, right? We got like 15 minutes for her and she's not here. Correct. Oh, Jess. Uh, the two times I've ever not had a guest show up, mm -hmm. they, were, they were lesbian comedians. Yep. Were they really? Yes, they were. Yeah, it's, are, a, it's a thing. Are lesbians stereotypically late? Yeah. Are they Oh, I didn't know. I know yeah. about the dogs. In my life. In the flannel. I mean, yeah. having booked gay comedy shows for 15 years, oh, sure. I will tell you that like... Of every group you could divide up into, I would say lesbian women tend to be the ones who are like, oh, my God, I thought the show was next week. Really? Like they just, they're not organized that way. Wow. And then come straight guys. Yeah. 
and then straight women and then gay guys are the most anal retentive. Like, well, you we have to be, right? Yeah. It's just like... Like, Chris Harder was here when I got I here I was today. here, like, Chris yesterday. Chris Harder was here when I woke up. Y'all, I just finished brushing and my teeth. And this is why I love you. Ugh, this is why I love gay men. We are fastidious. Right. We handle... We're pretty much perfect. Our shit. Literally. All right, well, you know what? We're going to start the segment without her. Because okay. at, le at least you can hear a clip of her, and then maybe she'll walk in as we're playing it. Um, our guest today, who's not here... Is <laughs> <laughs> This is so surreal. Is an openly gay comedian who just released her first comedy album entitled All the Best Choices. It quickly shot to the top of the comedy charts, as did Adam Sank's last comedy album. Um, as if that weren't enough, she just, just last week this happened, Chris. She uh -huh. appeared on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. That's amazing. Which is a huge deal. Here is a little clip of how that went down. I'm Jewish. My wife is Palestinian. Thank you. That's how our families reacted as well. Yeah. <laughs> It was a very tiny wedding, as you can imagine, very small. It was just me, her, and a UN peacekeeper. That was the whole party. <laughs> I moved into her place. She didn't want me there. Um, but I moved in anyway, you know how we do. <laughs> you know. My wife and I have been together a little while, and we decided to spice things up with a little role play. It wasn't a good idea. Um, my wife doesn't have a lot of, like, acting range. Uh, yeah, she only knows how to be the bitchy version of whatever the character is. You guys see the problem? We did something basic. No big deal. Masseuse client, okay? She was the client. I was the masseuse. She lay down on the bed. I left the room. I got into character. I was Helga from Scandinavia. <laughs> Obviously, deep tissue specialist made a mean meatball. Like, I knew my character, right? So I go into the room, and I announce myself, and I'm like, Helga's here, hello, or whatever. And my wife turned around, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I ordered a man. <laughs> Hilarious, right? That's, That's Jess Salomon, who uh, is not here. No. And we have to end the show in about 10 minutes. So, Chris, I'm going to interview you <laughs> and ask you all the questions I would have asked Jess. <laughs> okay. And you just have to answer as a lesbian comedian. As a lesbian. Oh, wow. As a okay. Jewish lesbian comedian who's married to a Palestinian woman. Okay. I who's a also a prep, comedian. But I'm really going to try and channel this. Uh, Jess, welcome. Thank, thank you so much. I'm sorry I'm late. I was walking my Doberman. <laughs> That's quite all right. Before we talk about anything else, you've got to tell me what it was like doing The Tonight Show. Um, you know, it was groundbreaking. And Jimmy Fallon, I have to say, not as chubby as he looks on TV. No. Yeah, he's pretty fit, actually. Shocking. Did yeah. you have any kind of Me Too moment with him? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, this gentleman. As a, no, because I, I felt... I, I think he seems safe. I mean, I'm really just putting myself in a big old lesbian hole here but uh no jimmy fallon stand-up man person great well next question you're married to amon el husseini another you hilarious comedian that i'd love to have on the show when the two of you first met were you like we have to get married for the jokes right it was really you know sometimes you uh, <laughs> go into a relationship for love sometimes you go into a relationship for for a career and we just thought you know right now let's make it culturally relevant jews and palestinians doing it together chris you're doing a really good job of Thank this you. your I, improv I skills BFA in Meisner. <laughs> yes your improv skills are on point um let's see uh did either <laughs> 
so absurd. Did either of you come from a religious background? Well, you know, um, being the Jewish lesbian that I am, it was kind of uh, it was kind of all over the place. There's the the bat mitzvahs and. Um, or the or the bar mitzvahs. It's really just a constant. At JB all. is like laughing so hard. His and, head um, is like on the floor. And and my wife, you know, there's just lots of praying. I believe, as she said, lots of praying. So for us, more um, more pan potato pancakes for her, more praying. So we we met, we eat, prayed, and we love. That's great. Do you think? Do you think, uh, Jess, that Ellen, Rosie, and Wanda, and all these like really established lesbian comedians have mm -hmm. made it easier to be a gay woman in comedy? Yes. I mean, yes, I think so. Also, you know, possibly difficult because they don't necessarily always talk about their uh, their sexuality. I mean, Ellen does. But now it's just, you know, now she's just doing Target ads. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I think really... and Spectrum TV ads. Yeah. I don't know if this happens in other markets, but here in New York, we have Spectrum Cable mm -hmm. and they have like this endless campaign with Ellen DeGeneres doing the voiceover, which and they're very funny, like you know, mm -hmm. entertaining high budget commercials. But I'm like, instead of spending a million dollars to pay Ellen DeGeneres, how about lowering your cable rates? Right. Yeah. And Ellen, you know, buy a smaller pool already, you know, stop. I mean, clearly she has to take care of some kind right? of bill. Like right? how much more money when, when I see Julia Roberts doing a commercial Oh, that was or Jennifer Aniston, I'm like, really? Like how much more money do you need? Well, Jennifer Aniston, I mean, she just, she's like the breakup girlfriend of, you know, she has to do Tresemme or whatever it is she's, or Aquafina. She's like, Jennifer Aniston, the fact that Jennifer Aniston is doing bottled water commercials just shows how, like, her range of acting and how interesting she really is. I mean, I love Jennifer Aniston, and I actually, yeah, I, I, first of all, I think she was brilliant on Friends. I think her, she was, oh. she's underrated as an actor on that show. And, like, in every movie I see her in, I'm always happy to see her. I guess. You know, as the Jewish lesbian that I am, though, I would just love it if Aniston would push herself a little bit more into some other, like, into a, a, a bigger range. Listen, she made that movie Cake, where she, I think it was called Cake, where she was, like, you know, no makeup, and it was a oh. very different sort of character, and she got, like, critical acclaim. I think the problem is she doesn't get good roles because they just see her as, like, Rachel. Brad, Fitt, Brad and, Pitt's ex-wife. And everyone's ex-wife, and now yeah. Justin Theroux's ex-wife, too. Oh, God. Um, th this just in fake Jess... Uh, real Jess is definitely not going to show up. Oh, well, it's a good thing that I um, did all this character research on the Jess that I am. By the way, your voice is a little bit higher <laughs> than real Jess's. Uh, if you could lower the pitch a little, I think it would be more realistic. Um, let's see. What has been the reaction so far to your Tonight Show appearance? Well, you know, the lesbians in general, they're a very divided community. So, yes. so some some were wishing that I would maybe have been on a, on a female talk show uh, host show or and some were some. Well, most don't own TVs, you know, so most of them actually missed it. But uh, but they're they're reading about it now in the papers. And um, and I just have to keep trucking along with my Jewish lesbian self and uh, <laughs> And paving, I like how you keep reminding us of, paving, your, of your Jewish lesbians. Paving self. the way so that eventually the lesbians will will saddle into their Birkenstocks and follow in, in the steps. That's not the door is open. at all. Uh, thank you, Jess. In the remaining time, we're going to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Oh, God. <laughs> you're going to have to answer these questions, questions. as a Jewish lesbian. Who, <laughs> who is your celebrity crush? Uh, oh, Maya Rudolph. Oh, good yeah. answer. She's hilarious. What's the hardest thing about being a lesbian? Oh, wow. Um, really, the uh, 
the grooming, you know, it's, it's, it's how far do you go? Do you want to, you know, if you go too lipstick, then they think you're trying to be straight. If yes. it's not lipstick enough, then, you know, it's, it's the Hillary Clinton complex all mm -hmm. over again. What about the bush? I mean, do you leave it full? Well, you, you know, I'm a natural what? woman, but sure. um, even, even in my natural state, I need to do some pruning of the, uh, of, of the pear tree. Uh, <laughs> and is there an actual partridge living in that pear tree? Well, the, you know, again, I, I'm on a farm, so there's <laughs> different animals. Now, now just lives on a farm with her Palestinian wife. Uh, okay, F. Mary Kill Lesbian Comedy Edition. Ooh. Ellen, Rosie, Wanda. Oh, okay. Um, uh, fuck Ellen, mm -hmm. uh, marry Wanda, and, and kill Rosie. You have the wrong answers. You're going to really? marry Ellen. Ellen's got the Monet. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I Fuck feel Wanda. like Ellen. I feel like Ellen would like do you good in bed, but then she'd be like, "Sorry, I got to go piss off and you know film this next Spectrum commercial." I feel like I could have a meaningful relationship with Wanda. I, fuck the meaningful relationship. I don't think Ellen would be any fun in bed. I think she's probably very uptight. Oh. I think Wanda would be a freak in the bed. Oh, that's true. And uh, I think we both agree to kill Rosie. Yeah. Um, I know. Who is your favorite? Oh, <laughs> sorry. This next question for Jess is. What's the furthest you ever went with a man? Oh, wow. You know, I've been <laughs> tempted here and there. Uh, I think one time uh, at the Comedy Cellar with, uh, with a special from um, Pee Wee Herman. He, um, oh. Yeah. He, he, uh, he wanted you to meet Little Pee Wee? Right. He tried to get me to meet Little Pee Wee, but uh, I don't know. I had to go eat up i'm running dry people that Something. is really huge news here yeah. this is exclusive that Lee herman uh hit on jess salman at the comedy cellar uh -huh. uh, but you didn't go for it no i didn't i just i kept thinking of the fun house and the big chairs you know <laughs> who is your favorite male homosexual oh god there's so many uh because i love gay men i really do um i'd have to say you adam saying oh, you, you're thank you so yeah. much jess thank you and we haven't even met i know you so bring out of you and who are you backing for president in 2020? Oh, wow. Well, you know, um, as the Jewish lesbian that I am, uh, I, I had to kick Kirsten Gillibrand to the floor. I'm, uh, I'm, I've got one foot on the Kamala Harris bus, and, uh, and I'm, I'm jogging alongside of, of Pete Bootygig. Yes, booty juice, I call him. Yeah, uh -huh, I know. Booty juice, booty juice, booty juice. But don't you feel like he represents the white male patriarchy? Well, you know, he's white and male. How how long are we going to be able to hold it against him? I just uh, forever, forever. Apparently, I um, you know, I think uh, I really have to search inside my lesbian Jewish self. But I feel like there's maybe uh, <laughs> I feel like there's maybe some hope there. And finally, if your vagina were a song, oh. what song would it be? I think that um, that uh, George Michael, Careless Whispers. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Careless Whisper. It, isn't that about cheating? Is it? I, I don't know. I just, um. In the hearts and mind. Oh, yeah. I just fine. feel like it's like a, a gentle breeze blowing through my. It is a very sultry song. You know? And I'm never going to dance again. Right. Her, her vagina's not going to dance again. My vagina's not going to dance Guilty. again. Guilty. Vagina has got no rhythm. <laughs> Jess Solomon, uh, I don't know how to follow you because you're not here, but your album is called All the Best Choices, and we thank you for not being here. Chris Harder, you are you get uh, most valuable player today. Oh, thank you so thanks. much for 
all of your improv work. And oh, for, wow. Yes, the studio audience is going crazy. Tell people how they can follow you, what you have coming up, everything that's going on with Chris Harder. So you can follow me at Harder Burlesque on Twitter and Instagram. And New Yorkers, I am going to be co-hosting Folsom Street East in what? late June. I know, yeah. That I'm really is excited. a hot event. Right? It's going to be sexy with witty repartee. We're going to be on the main stage. Check us out. There'll definitely be some assless chap moments. A lot. Yeah, lots of assless chaps. Who knows? I may even insert something. Mm. Well, probably not. Maybe Chris, a joke. Chris Harder, you are a delight. Thank you for being here and for uh, filling in. Uh, we will have you back very soon. Next Yay. week, my guest is co-host Sean Peter Drohan, and our guest will be the great Frank DeCaro. Yes. Yes. Oh, wait. Maybe that was the week before. I'm confused now. Subscribe to the podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.